Welcome back, folks, to episode 23 of the Mighty Thor podcast. I am one half of the coasting duties. You can call me Ed, I guess, will work. Or to dinner. He likes that, too. I like dinner. Not right now. I just had lunch a little while ago, but maybe later. <laughs> I'll be sure to call you to dinner when the time comes. And I'm Terry, by and the way. The, the other half of the coasting duties for the Mighty Thor podcast. And the appropriator of dinner. Yes, for me. Not for you guys. Although you can come over, bring five bucks, all you can eat. Tonight, uh, or today, or whenever you're listening, we're going to go over three books, and we've got a little bit of feedback this episode. The books will be the 1966 volume of The Mighty Thor, issues 130 and 131, and the 2011 volume of The Mighty Thor, issue 2 which just came out a couple weeks ago, or last week? Last maybe, week. Maybe last week. I think. Um, now, uh, keep in mind, we are a, a spoiler podcast. We're going to talk about these books and the storyline and the art and anything else that comes to mind that pertains to Thor. So if there is um, something you don't want to hear, you know, be on the, the listen out for when we say that that's coming up and you can turn it off until you've had a chance to read it. Probably not that big a deal with the 1966 books. You've only had 45 years to read those. If you haven't yet, you probably, probably aren't, aren't going, going to. to. Unless um, you're a recent convert to Thor. Yes, recent, yes. Uh, and uh, the new volume, yeah, well, that yeah, that I can understand. that You know, you maybe haven't had a chance to read it. I get my books once a month, and my shipment hasn't come in yet for this month, so I... That's why we normally buy the Thors at a local yeah, store. Yeah, I, I, I buy the Thor and Journey into Mystery, the new volumes, at a, at a local place. That way I can get them more up to date. So, uh, Terry, I think we had a, a little bit of feedback from somebody. From Way, our favorite feedback person. From Way. Hello, Way. Hi, Way. And he says, greetings, oh, that's fellow. that's funny. Hi, Way. Hi, Way. Uh, uh, you got uh, it. Hey. Uh, He's quick. Oh, man. And Way says, greetings, fellow Thorites. That's what we are. We are Thorites. Thorites, I yes. like it. And he, last time we, last show, we read an email from Way, and he was a little disparaging of Miss Natalie Portman in her role in the movie, and he wants to apologize for his negativity in his last email. Which, first of all, is not necessary, but... No, okay. not at all, because we are all allowed to have our opinions, and I sort of agreed with your opinion, so therefore it's even more validated. Okay. While I don't care much for Portman, personally I understand that, I'm not, that I am in the minority, which you're not. I should have found a more diplomatic way of putting it, such as she's not the one I would have cast in the role. My, how PC of you. Way. And he proceeds to give us some information. He happened across this on happened across, the, across this online and thought you might like to read it. It's a transcript of an interview that Jack Kirby gave in 1990. It's a long one, eight pages. His Thor run specifically comes up on page seven in case you want to skip forward to it. There are all kinds of interesting things that even Kirby ex experts probably don't know. I was surprised to find out that he drew from Matt Fleischer Studios, even if only briefly. Max Fleischer is probably the best known for his Betty Boop or Popeye cartoons, but Way knows him for his 1941 Superman serial. Definitely worth picking up if you can find them. Incredible art. I thought it might be an interesting link to put on your site pages or, or Facebook, since you're still covering the Kirby area Thor books. And he gives us the link. And it is tcj.com forward slash jack slash Kirby slash interview. And that is the Comics Journal is the website, so you can probably go to thecomicsjournal.com and just search for, like, Kirby or Kirby Interview. And are you putting this link on our Facebook page? And it probably will come up. Uh, well, yes, I can do that. Okay. I'll post it with the, with the announcement of the episode. Out. Yeah. So. so if anybody's interested in that, just, just go there and look for that. And he goes on to give us some, some reviews of some things he picked up, but we're going to hold that part of the email for when we do a special and we are reviewing things outside the the normal run of the series that we are currently on and we will be doing that soon we're going to pick up a short run on a special 
not a one shot because there's more than that. In no, ju- just several limited series. Limited uh, series. Let's put it that way. That's good. Yeah. And we'll we'll pick up um, Way's reviews on these two items that he saw at that time. We like to hold on to some of our feedback, so we always have feedback. Thank you very much, Way. Yes. Thank always you, sir. such a fountain of information. I love it. And we are going to start today with issue 130. Yes. Sorry, but my front cover did not have the issue number on it. I think some of our front cover is missing as we look at this. But it starts out, we are in the, we're coming back to where Thor has agreed to go and be the battle man for Hercules, who is down in the netherworlds, having to take over the the ruling of the netherworlds because Pluto has tricked him into signing an agreement to do so. And Zeus had said that Hercules is not allowed to fight his own battle. He's not allowed to fight anybody or anything or resist, but he was allowed to find a champion. And Odin has sent Thor down to champion Hercules against the netherworld. And that's where we start out this book. Thor is showing up to do that. Thunder in the netherworld. Thunder down under. Okay. Yes. Yes. Way down Way under. Way down under. Uh, not that, not our buddy way, but no. A Y, and like, not Australia. Like far away. Okay, we're getting all worded out here. And th- and thunder, Thor shows up and is telling Pluto, I, you know, that he has come to save Hercules. And Pluto says, "Well, consider this: if you find defeat in the Netherworld, then you will be the one to take the place as ruler, and you will never leave." If you are defeated. And I just have to try to read this. This it, In order to tell us it's by Stan, the man, Lee, Jack King Kirby, Vince the Prince Coletta, and Artie Pussycat Simic. It says, let us proclaim a proud pian of praise for Marvel's most prolific purveyors of peerless pageantry. It's a lot of peace. Much alliteration. Much alliteration. And it starts out with Pluto saying, but I thought that you didn't like Hercules, Thor. I thought you all were enemies and that you had fought. And Thor said, well, we did fight, but he is of valor. He has a lot of valor, and he is doing it with a good heart. So I have to go and avenge him because a warrior backs up a warrior no matter what. And he's like, fine, if that's what you want to do. He said, but let me just tell you, you have to go down here, and you're probably not coming back. So Thor steps down into the netherworld, and it's a misty area until he gets down onto the bridge. And it has its own bridge. They don't name it like Bifrost, but it has its own little bridge that he's crossing in order to get down into the netherworlds. And as he gets to the end of it, he runs into Sibiris, Guardian of the Depths. And this is one mean-looking purple and green Dude, I'm I'm not sure if he's machine or monster. Do, do you know of the mythological Cerberus? I know of the mythological two-headed dog, three-headed dog. Okay, sorry. Right. And so, see what they've done here. He's one-headed with two horns. Right, one, two, three-headed. That's an interpretation oh, of okay. three-headed. That's that's okay. what they're going for there. He's he's but a he's, he, a he, monsterish type dude with. Humanoid characteristics with this big helmet on that has two huge horns on either side. On either side, so it's got like three bulbs, one on either side, and then his main head. So it, it could be interpreted by, say, an ancient person that saw it as him having three heads if they ever encountered him. Okay. So. Okay, and he he greets Thor with, um, on your knees, because everyone down here fears me. So get on your knees right now and surrender. And Thor's like, mm, the God of Thunder defers to no one. And Sabira says, well, then fine, the, the God of Thunder will die. So they start fighting. He's sending, Sabiris is sending rays of destruction from his lovely little helmet. The other two heads, per se, are shooting out rays. And, of course, Thor's too fast to be hit. He's, he's dodging them as he goes. And he um, jumps up because Sabiris is much larger than he is. He jumps up so that he may smote him 
across the face and he says because you are not human and because you are a foe such as you are and you want me dead I feel no need to give you mercy and to hold back on my blow so it's a rather brutal brutal blow yep the art on this it's like you see Thor's head and then you just see the the force force of which he has hit this large humanoid monster and everything's flying the monster's flying backwards. All his armaments are flying. His his two little horns on his helmet have been broken off, and they're flying. It's very good art. And then we go back to New York, to Jane Foster's apartment, where she has the last episode, the last book. She's gotten a new roommate, and the roommate is very suspicious. Thor, when he met her, felt the need to bow to her deity, even though she is just in appearance, a, nor- a normal human being. Mm-hmm. And Jane, of course, is, is lamenting the fact that Thor is not there, but he has gone off to... She's she's happy because he has gone off to renounce his thunder god-ness so that they can be married on Earth, and, and she's waiting for him to return and pining. And Tana, who is what she's known as... Tana Nile. Ta- Tana Nile on, on in this... At, right now on, on Earth. Is, is like, you are so foolish. And she says, but you don't understand. You've never been in love. And she's like, love, an emotion fit for fools and weaklings. And she's like, stop it. I'm just tired of hearing you babble on and on about Thor. Just shush. And then she lets slip that there's something, that she's from somewhere else. Because she says, where I come from. So now she realizes that she has let too much slip in front of Jane and she's going to have to take care of Jane so she not really telling her who she is or what she is she just tells her you have to bow to my will you have to do what I say and Jane although she doesn't want to is like yes I do I have to do what you say and I have to bow to your will there's something special here but even though she also realizes that she doesn't want to Right. So it's it's not like she's hypnotized right. or anything. She, she doesn't want to, and and in her head she tries not to. But, but she physically can't, she can't resist. She has no choice but to, which to me is a is an interesting dichotomy because mm-hmm. usually they like take over, they possess them, and get, yeah. But this is like no, it's like she has just taken control of the motor functions, mm-hmm. but her brain is still Jane's. Mm-hmm. And so she's thinking, no, no, stop, I don't want to. But it's like her limbs are doing these things of their own. That probably would be pretty darn scary, I yes. think. Uh, you yes, yes. And Tannen tells her that she has to go very, very far away, and she must never see Thor again. She has to make sure she gets far enough away and that Thor will never be able to find her. And then we go back to the netherworld where we see that Hercules is being held down by a bunch of the minions of his new domain. And they're like, he's like, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not doing it. And they're like, but you have to. Zeus has sapped all your strength so that you can't fight. And one of the guards says, and it's a good thing, too, because we can barely hold him down now. As it is. As yeah. it is. So, you know, it's a good thing he took his strength. So he's, he's kind of struggling against all of them because he does not want to stay. And Pluto is like, you can't fight. You're not allowed to fight. The law forbids it, forbids for you to resist. And he takes the helmet of the Netherworld King off, and he's going to put it onto Hercules' head. Because Thor has not made it down to this area of the Netherworld yet. He's still up here fighting Siberius and, and doing all that stuff. Right. So he's, he's the, the, crown, the crowning is right. about to commence of... Hercules to be the king of the netherworld and the the crown is almost on his head when Thor comes in and says stand away. And that answers kind of a question I had as to how Hercules being the new lord of this realm And I told you it's because he hadn't been crowned does yet. Does not possess the powers of the ruler of the realm and it's because he's like elect. Yes. He's like the president elect. He hasn't been crowned yet. Yeah, he doesn't officially take office until the crown's put on his head. So so Thor thunders in, saying, Stand away, skins of evil. The son of Zeus is not yet thine, not so long as the hammer of Thor can strike in his behalf. It's a very majestic pose he has there. Yes. 
Regal. Regal. And Hercules is like the god of thunder. There is one willing to risk all for Hercules. My hero. Once I called the enemy, now upon truer friend mine eyes have never feasted. Hercules he's, has a new man crush. I'm telling you, he's so happy to see Thor. He doesn't want to be down there. And he starts to he starts to try to help Thor in this battle and he is stopped by the um, enchantment of the pact that he has signed. And a, and a voice comes and says, you are not allowed to do anything. Right. He can't you fight can't for do himself. anything. So Hercules is kneeling on the ground going, go Thor, go Thor, go Thor. So Thor's standing there going, I know how he feels. That is how I felt when Odin stripped me of my powers. Yes. I know exactly how he feels, and I feel for him, and I know what he's going through. So then all the hordes of Pluto come up against Thor, and they're like, He's like, fine, bring it on. I shall not fail. Bring it on. Bring it. Bring it. And so there's this huge, there's a, it's like a two-third page almost. It's more, a little bit more than half, it looks like to me. Uh, yeah, a half to to more. Yeah, yeah. just a, a scant more. Uh, a how, beautiful how much more? Scanch. Scanch. A scanch. Okay. It's like a smidgen. You, you heard that here, guys, a scanch. A scanch. Uh, it's a little bit more than a smidgen. Yeah. Okay. A little bit more. But it is a beautiful artwork rendition of Thor fighting the hordes of the Netherworlds. There are pieces of armor and and, and weapons, weapons and, and men flying everywhere. You can't even see Thor's whole body because it's kind of obscured a little bit by all of this that's going on. And he's yelling at them, back, just get back before the shattering wrath of Thor. And so he does. He kind of, like, scatters them, and he's like, where are they going? They're, they don't have the air of defeat, but where are they going? And then he realizes, ah, they're going back, falling back to do the next wave of the arsenal. Right, they're making room for whatever's coming next. And it turns out to be a machine, a cosmic cannon. Yes. And they shoot the cosmic cannon at Thor. But he, being the smart warrior that he is, grabs up three of the soldiers that he was just fighting holds them in front of him and the cosmic cannon blast hits their shield their their armor and that is his shield and and what what does one of the cannoneers say that it causes he says the shell hath struck our own warriors the cosmic sleep, sleep. shall enfold them for a century so they'll be asleep for a century. So that's what would have happened to Thor, presumably. Yes. They yes. would have put him to sleep for a, a hundred years. I wonder if they would have crowned him the king of the netherworlds while he was in As that sleep. As he was sleep. asleep, because he got defeated. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it would have waited why, for him to wake up. Why would you want a sleeping monarch? I, I, okay. I don't know. So anyway, Thor's like, well, I have to strike back before they can gather up another cosmic cannon blast to shoot at me. So he throws his hammer at the cosmic cannon, hits it right in the Almost, yeah. Like, they're, we're inexhaustible, Thunder God. We have more machines than you could ever think of. And you shall see them all. And then he pushes a lever. And this big dome comes down over him. The floor rises up beneath him. A big dome comes down over him, and it surrounds him. And he's like, what's this? And he hears them talking that it's a shatterproof turbulence chamber. And Thor like, is like artificial wind pressure. Hmm. Designed to slay anything that lives. Hmm. So while he's thinking about that, and they've let it off, we go back to Jane's apartment. Back on Earth. And we see that Jane is all packed up, got her coat on, got her hat on, and she is leaving and as she's getting ready to leave, she feels the chill in her heart that someone she love is in, loves is in danger. And this is while Thor's in the netherworld, uh, netherworld in, in, the in, in the wind chamber, the turbulence trap. And Tandon is telling her, put every other thought out of your mind. You must obey me only. Go. Just go. So Jane leaves, and she says, 
but Thor, and she's like, Thor can never find you. He must never find you again. And she walks out going, I don't understand, and yet I He lives, I know the thunder god will return for the one he loves, but he will waste his time searching for her while I do what I have come here to do. Now, we still don't know what she's come here to do. We still don't know what she is other than right. a human being who can manipulate people to do her will. That's right. all we know about her so far. But she says, the fate of Jane Foster does not matter. And while she's looking at Jane leave, she's thinking, look at all these little earthlings. Ah, we're getting some idea. Yes. She says, now that I have made certain that the son of Odin shall not interfere with my secret plan, I am free to act, to cast aside the foolish cloak of mortality. Then my plan bears fruit. At last, mankind beware. So, uh uh-oh, she's an alien of some sort. Some sort of alien. So now we flash back to Thor in the turbulence tunnel. He is feeling the same strange icy sensation that Jane felt, like someone he loves is in danger. And while he's pondering on that, he goes ahead and lets the machine force him down, the, the, the force of the air, force him down to the, to the bottom of the floor of the tunnel. And he's thinking about, is it Jane or is it my father who's in trouble? And everybody outside is like, oh, well, we've taken care of Thor. Look at him. He just lays there motionless. They don't realize that he's thinking about the people he loves something else something right. else they think that they've just defeated him but before they can move forward anymore he breaks apart the turbulence chamber with his hammer and frees himself and he says look here in the name of imperial asgard by the grace of omnipotent odin now strikes thor so he jumps down off the platform and we have another third page picture of a great and mighty battle. We have minions of the netherworld flying through the air and their all their armature flying through the air and we see Thor just beating the crap out of them. So they send in their their, their most able warrior, I'm assuming, Crusher. Yeah, so, yeah. They said none alone can stop him. Maybe let Crusher appear. Maybe Crusher can take care of it. And Thor's like, Yeah, right. And he throws him off. Like a stallion would throw an unwary rider, is how they put it. He calls him a caricature of a warrior. But no sooner has that foe been thrown off than the minions come after him again with arrows and spears. And he just starts fighting them all over again. He said, you know, I'm just going to tear this place apart. We get another half-page picture of the place just being torn up. It's being torn up. And then they gather another army, an unending attack, and they come after him again. And Pluto is like, enough. I've seen enough. No more. You are destroying everything it has taken me ages to create, and yet they are not going to destroy you. I, I, I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> My subjects are, are will fight to the end, but your power is too great, and all it will do is destroy everything that there is down here, and there will be nothing left. And he spent years down there get putting all this together so he's like Thor's like well you know you wouldn't have been happy anywhere else anyway this is the only place you know and and this is where you belong and and Pluto's like you're right it's over the ordeal is ended and Hercules is like well then Thor's triumphed yes that's the end I thought it ended a little abruptly. I, it did seem to end abruptly. You know, I don't know if... Um, I really realize that there's not very much where... There wasn't very anywhere else that they could have gone with it because Thor was destroying everything he threw at him. Well, I mean, I, I guess they could have written it to where he got defeated and then had to overcome that or something like something, that. I don't but know. But it, just, it was just like, I've had enough, stop, okay, yeah, he's, it's over, go he's on. He's fighting this, he's fighting that, he's go fighting, home. fighting, and then all of a sudden here's Pluto and says, okay, That's enough. stop. Bye. You know, fighting for five or six pages, and then in half a page, it's all over. Yeah. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, was was kind of abrupt. Other than that, what'd you think of that one? Um, I liked it. I I, I think that that these kind of foes are something more worthy of Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're they're still, I guess, quasi mortal. You know, he was able to to beat the Crusher. 
and then everything else was just like more mechanical than anything else. The uh, air, the turbulence, turbulence tunnel, thing, the, the cosmic uh, cannon, cannon, the archers was weapons. The regular warriors were weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But it was cool. I'm I'm kind of disappointed that that because of the way they wrote it, Kirby didn't have a chance to show Thor and Hercules fighting back to back. Yeah. Because some of those scenes would have been really cool. Yeah. With all that that energy and violence and destruction, and in the middle, Thor and Hercules back to back fighting off. That that would have that would have been a definite cool full page kind mm-hmm. of thing to have the two of them. But you know they wrote it in such a way that um, basically. Hercules was handicapped, I guess, because it's Thor's book. So yeah, he's, yeah. he's got to be the hero without question. That's so. right. But uh, still more of, of just really awesome Kirby goodness uh, as as far as the art and some of the vistas. When Thor first went down into Hades, a half-page spread of just this almost tangled kind of place. It wasn't it was dark nice and, and pretty and laid out. It was confused and you know it just it it, it was it was cool cool stuff so now we'll go on to issue 131 of the mighty thor and this this cover is thor standing in space with the earth behind him and mechanical arms coming toward him and it says they strike from space so we start out this is also Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Vince Coletta, and Artie Simic with Celestial Guided Tours by Irving Forbush. Now, so, is that is that some reference to the Forbush Man? Do you know the Forbush Man? No. Okay. Irving Forbush. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. So we start out with Thor and Hercules. And Hercules, in his egotistical way, is saying, We've done it, Thunder God. We've pierced the dimensional barrier. I return to Olympus at last. So they are are back in Olympus. And Hercules is is beating his chest and telling all his um, peeps that would not come to his aid who are gathered there. (laughs) You suck. You suck. You You thought that you were rid of me, but the son of Odin has taken care of me, and now I stand here, Hercules. And Ares, who refused to do lift a finger to help him, is like, you're an overbearing braggart. Better thou had remained in the netherworld. And so Hercules and, and Ares have a little mouthy battle with each other, and, and you have a feeling that if Ares ever had the chance, he would uh, somehow do... He's kind of he's kind of Hercules' Loki. It's like, you know, he's, he's jealous of, of Hercules, kind of, yeah. so if he could ever think of a way to undermine him or to hurt him or to get rid of him, then he probably would. And Thor's just standing back going, these people are just hard. They're cold. They're cold. They don't have anything to do for their uh, for their man. So he says, it's time for me to take my leave. My task here is done, and I need to go to Odin, and I need to ask him if I can marry Jane Foster and renounce the Son of Thunder. So whoosh, there he goes, and he's off whoosh, to, he's off whoosh, to uh, he talk to Odin. And we've turned back to um, Jane Foster, who was on a bus to who knows where. Yes. I don't think she even knows where. No. Because she's ruminating on the fact that because of Tan and Nile, she is on this bus leaving. The only thing she knows, leaving Thor, wondering if, knowing she's never going to see him again. But there's nothing she can do about it. And one of the passengers says, you've been awfully quiet. Is is there anything wrong? And where are you going? And she's like, I don't know. I just have to go far, far away. I cannot disobey the order of Ten and Isle. And then we segue back to Ten and Isle, where she is getting rid of her disguise and leaving her mythical human form to become what she really is, which we find out is a space colonizer. She is of higher round on her planet. I'm not really sure what her planet... It's in the constellation Rigel, but I don't know if that's the name of the planet. Uh, they're they're the, the colonizers of Rigel, is, okay, as usually Rigel. how they're referred okay. to. So she's calling her planet to see whether or not she can take over Earth. 
apparently you have to stake claim and then find out if anybody else has claim to it sort of like a deed search on a piece of property she's 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 contacting the courthouse and getting a deed search done on the pro- piece of property called earth to see whether or not she can colonize it and stake claim stake claim to it and be the ruler of it she says it's a little pitiful place but she has to start somewhere right apparently this is her first so they're like, we've we received your message. Let us go through the books and see if anybody else has said anything about this planet, and we'll get back to you. I, so, I have a note here uh, about Rigel. Okay. From the official index of the Marvel Universe Thor book that I mentioned several episodes ago. There's a note here for this issue that says, although the colonizer planet is officially the command planet at the constellation Rigel, it soon becomes known simply as Rigel and will be listed as such from this point on. Okay. So the very first reference is the command planet at the constellation Rigel. After that, Marvel just refers to it as Rigel. Okay. And the uh, Kirby art here, it's a machine, which Kirby loves to draw. He does very well on machines. It's very intricate. The full page? The the Well, it's almost a full page. Okay. It's more, more a half page. Uh, I've moved down from the full page. The full page is the outer trappings of the... Okay, I got you. ...of Rigel. It shows the different buildings, I suppose, and different air machines that are... are Almost like you're looking at a city. Yeah, almost like you're looking at a city. And it shows the people on their hovercraft things through the air. Okay. But I was on to the next page. They go inside the command center It looks like... It has the form of a being. Doesn't it almost look alive? Yes. Yeah. But it's it's not. It's what they are inside working in. It is it is their place of, of business. But it looks like a huge being of some sort. Yeah. And they're telling Tana that they will send an inspection team at once. And she's like, no, that will just start a battle. And they're like, but we have to. That That's how we that's do it. That's the way it works. And they're leaving now. Destination Earth. And that's the end of that episode. Is it not? I don't think so. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. So then we go to um, Thor has finally made it to Asgard. Yes. And Odin and Odin is in the middle of a chess game and cannot be interrupted. And Thor knows this. Which kind of shows him where Thor ranks. Yes. So he is he's standing back waiting to be recognized by Odin. And finally, he's about to burst. Odin motions him forward and says, yes, yes, what can I do? And Thor's like, I, I, it concerns the mortal girl. And Odin's like, shh, wait a minute, I see a move, I see a move. So he silences Thor while he makes his next check move, chess move. And apparently it's check, mate, because he's like, the game is mine, so be it. Well, Thor is like, Father, if their answer is no, then as night surely doth fall a day. And I was like, just shh, be quiet. You have loved Jane Foster for many months. It has overcome every obstacle, and I shall no longer deny it. But, you know, this is not a time for making speeches. Just go, go. And Odin says he's happy because Thor has been in sorrow for too long about the whole Jane Foster ordeal. But he can't help but feel that There's nothing something. good will come of this. Nothing good will come of it. So here goes Thor racing across the Bifrost Bridge, going to his beloved. And he gets zapped by an ter- extraterrestrial force outside the apartment window. Right outside her window, he gets hammered. He gets zapped. And he's like, all right, what's going on? Tana and some other being from her planet is there, and they are making plans and talking. And she's like, you fool, you should not have done that, because now he knows we're here, and we're going to have to deal with him. And the guy's like, so? Nothing can hurt us. Nothing's ever hurt us. He's, he's a member of the, of the inspection, inspection team, team that yes. they dispatched. Yes. And Thor busts through the wall and says, I am Thor, and I want to know where Jane is. And they're like, 
you do not know to whom you speak. You knew me as Tananiel. And Thor says, I don't care. All I care about is Jane. Where is Jane? What have you done with her? And Tana says, but she's of no consequence. I sent her away. I am the colonizer. I'm here to claim planet Earth as my own. And I even have power over you. Bow down before me. Well, Thor immediately obeys her command. He's like, what? I don't understand. And she says, see, I can even humble the mighty Asgardian. I can do anything I want. And you can't do anything to me. I, I am the first colonial empress of the Clapton captive planet Earth. So Thor's kneeling while Tana is thinking about all these wonderful things that she's going to be able to do when she is Empress of Earth and how she's going to tell the Earthlings that they are now under her control and she has complete supremacy and she's just daydreaming about all of this that's going to happen and, and how she'll tell him that she can put a lock on the Earth and move it to where it's too hot or move it to where it's too cold if they try to resist and she will have all power over Earth. And while she's doing that, Thor is slowly rising up off the ground. And she's like, this can't be. He can't fight my control, but yet he is. His will is dauntless. He must be destroyed. And the other guy from the inspection team says, no. We need to take him back, and we need to test him to see why he can do this because there's only one other that can do it one other race one other yeah. race that can do it so we have to put him in this proton coagulant ray fired at maximum intensity this is some looks like streams of golden water that have covered Thor and hold him immobile he even in his own mind says it's an unshatterable cage of proton particles. And he's going to save his strength rather than try to fight out of it. He's going to save his strength and see what they're going to do because he needs to know more about them. Right. Ultimately, it condenses into like a, a block of ice clear or something. Block yes, it looks Thor like a big block of inside. ice. And they figure he is now con contained and they will take him to Rigel for further study because no one can resist their mind control other than the dreaded black galaxy occupants. Some, something, someone in the black galaxy are the only ones so far that have been able to defeat their mind control. And the uh, inspecting team puts on Tana's arm, they give her the wrist control that will activate the space lock at will. And she says, that means, and they said, the planet Earth is yours. So she goes out thinking, it's time for me to get started. And there's a woman out there in the hallway that's like, I have such a nice class of, of people here. And they're floating Thor along in his lovely little glass proton bubble thing there. And she's pushing the woman aside, saying, get out of my way. And they get up to the rooftop and unshield the transport that they have. They put Thor inside. They get inside. And they put it on autopilot. So they're going to Rigel on autopilot. And Thor's decided he's heard enough. So he breaks out of the proton block because he says, nothing can restrain me, not even that. So Tana's still back on Earth trying to decide how she will activate the space lock and when she will do it and exactly what, what order she's going to do everything. And she contacts the power plant and, t and tells them to get ready, that she's getting ready to push the button. And she does so. And at the same time, Thor is breaking out and, and starting to fight the people who are on the transport that are taking him to Rigel. And he manages to come against their physical density. Apparently they have some kind of machinery that makes them more physically dense than anything else. So when they hit him, it's more like... I'm trying to... They can, they can, they can just they they alter their density, which equal makes to them the equal to the force of a cosmic tornado is yeah, how it, they it, put it. It means that, you know, instead of hitting them with a fist of flesh, it's like hitting him with, say, a rock or a diamond or some, you know, something like that 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 can't be. That's just more dense. Yeah, 
And so they're they're beating him back, and he's still fighting forward. And they're like, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, you may have cosmic tornadoes, but I am the master of all storms, even the storms in space. And the fury and the force of the elements are mine." So he beats up against them, knocks them unconscious, and is here in an air sh- airship that is traveling on autopilot to Rigel. And he's like, "I guess I have to wait till I get there." to see what I can do to save mankind and especially Jane. And that's the end of that episode. So there's there's that one. So Jane is on her way to parts who, unknown who on knows a bus. Where? Uh, Thor is on his way to Rigel. Mm-hmm. And Tana Nile has the controls of the space lock and can now physically threaten the planet Earth. Yes. Alrighty. Last up, this, oh, what, what did you think? I'm liking it so far. Uh, the Rogelians are another race that is introduced and hangs around and pops up now and then. I figured that. From, I figured they were reoccurring. From, from, from now on, yeah. Probably in more than just Thor. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, there's different, like, uh, realms, uh, so to speak, that, that Marvel is broken into. You know, they've got all the stuff on Earth, and then they've got magical stuff and you know different types of of stories that they tell mm-hmm. well in their in their bigger cosmic stories those characters that mess around in space the rigelians are a a, a semi major part of that part of the marvel universe the rigelians are known and encountered and okay so, yeah maybe not too too often here on earth but once you get off into space everybody seems to know the rigelians and it seems to me I've even heard of them in, like, Star Trek. I'm sure. Rigel is a, being a named star, it, it, it would be used. All right, our third book today is the 2011 volume of The Mighty Thor, Issue 2. Written by Matt Fraction with pencils by... Oliver Copil, inks by Mark Morales, and colors by Laura Martin. The story opens with Thor and Sif trying to train a, a group of volunteers of uh, made up of, of members from all the, the different displaced races of Asgard, uh, trying to... to um, forge them into a team that's going to be called the Brigade of Realms. So basically, uh, this is a a class of elite warriors that Thor is trying to train that he will command. And at at, at present, he and and Lady Sif are trying to train them. So they meet up against this creature called a Stone Colossus, and basically Thor just throws them into the water to see if they're going to sink or swim and unfortunately they kind of sink and so Lady Sif runs to the uh, to the rescue she's rescuing Loki huh she's rescuing Loki well she's rescuing all of them yeah it's it's more than all of them she didn't she didn't start to help them though until she saw that Loki until Loki got threatened and and she is part of the group that Thor has asked to keep Loki safe so she defeats this big stone colossus and Thor says well you know he had it under control he he was gonna he's gonna take care of it we see in one little side shot here side uh, panel something that I'm sure is going to prove poignant later on but last issue Thor was bitten or cut however you say by one of the beasts that he fought against in getting the heart of the world tree and it's been messing with him Mm -hmm. and it messes with him here he kind of shimmers like he is becoming encased or turning into some kind of energy and then it disappears so I'm sure that's coming up here in a little bit somewhere so uh we retire to the halls of Asgard where the brigade is talking about their exploits. And, of course, Lady Sif comes in and says, well, uh, and kind of calls them out for mm-hmm. being big he-manly Asgardians. And, and instead, you know, this woman is, is who did it. And uh, Thor and Sif 
kind of break off and go off on their own because apparently they're married, you said. Yes. Um, I kind of missed that somewhere along the way, I guess. And our favorite line from this comic book is when Thor oh, is yes. walking off in, in, the, in, the, in the dawn break and the night ends and Thor says, I need warming, woman. I'll be fine. So he's, he's calling for his lady Sif. Yes. We cut to Odin, who is um, contemplating over the seed of the world tree. Uh, Heimdall, uh, who can see all, approaches him with questions as to what he's doing and what's going on. And he finds out that this seed that was extracted from the heart of the world tree isn't a seed at all but an egg and Odin for safekeeping places the egg inside the destroyer armor and those of you who have seen the movie know what how kick-ass the destroyer armor can be so it's going to to be the protector of this seed slash egg and Odin forces a pledge of loyalty out of Hemdal mm -hmm. uh, with the penalty of not pledging fealty being death. So of course, being the prudent man, Hemdal pledges fealty to Odin. Uh, meaning that he's not going to tell anybody about the seed, egg, destroyer, armor, and anything else he knows about what Odin is up to with this thing. We cut to Broxton, where some of the locals are eating at a diner, and a creature that we know as the Silver Surfer flashes past them, uh, destroying the diner more or less because of his speed. But then he comes back and warns them that they should leave because his master is coming. And then, you know, they, they try to fish more information out of him, but he's not very forthcoming. He returns to his mission, which is to get to Asgard and locate this energy source that he sensed. Passing, that that cafe was on the outskirts of <coughs> Broxton. Now he zips through town, basically. He's more or less like skimming. He's only 75, 100 feet off the ground, so he's causing this disturbance because he's going so fast and he goes through town and another one of the townies um, more a redneck kind of townie grabs his hunting rifle and he's going to take shots at whatever this thing is flying by because he I, I take it because he doesn't appreciate them being there mm -hmm. is what they're showing. Well, They've seen enough of the other worlds and Asgardians and all the creatures and stuff and some of them are just sick alone. and tired of it. Yeah. Uh, so he's getting ready to pull down on the surfer, and the surfer senses it and comes back, destroys his gun, and basically tells him, you need to leave because my master, Galactus, is coming. So now he names his master, which, from the previous issue, we knew who it was. Uh, the Asgardians are aware of the approach, uh, Heimdall, and he warns everybody. And so now the Silver Surfer arrives and says that... Uh, Galactus is coming, and he wants something, and you know what it is. Uh, he's speaking to Odin. Um, I assume that it's the seed egg thing. Mm -hmm. And Odin says no. And either because Odin says no or because Thor perceives him as a threat, or both, Thor attacks Silver Surfer, and that that is where they finish the issue at. So the beginning of issue three there i'm sure will be a knockdown drag out between a power cosmic fueled silver surfer and the asgardian god of thunder thor yep and so there we we leave off until next issue which issue three if you search the internet they've already published some preview pages i think it's usually like the first four or six pages so you would get to see the actual fight if you do a little hunting, it's it's out there somewhere. Because I saw somebody pass word of it out there. And there we go. That is the 
latest episode of the Mighty Thor podcast. Mm -hmm. A little bit of feedback and some some book talk there. Next episode, we have lined up the 1966 volume of Mighty Thor issues 132 and 133, and the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, episode, uh, issue 624. And any feedback that we happen to get between now and then. So, that's what's on tap. I haven't checked the lists to see if Journey into Mystery comes out next week or not, so I'm not sure. Um, soon after it comes out is when we'll record and post the next show. We still have plans to do special episodes reviewing some of the miniseries that came out last year. We've got some review feedback that we'll include in those shows when we have an opportunity to sit down and, and record those. Um, Terry, I guess that's that's everything I have. Do you have anything else? That's everything I have. All right. Well, if you guys do want to get in touch with us, uh, you can hit us up at the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, our website is comicbooknoise slash Thor. Leave comments about the individual episodes there. And we do have a Facebook page. The Mighty Thorcast is the Facebook page. You can also access the podcast episodes there to listen to, but you can't download them from that page. You can just listen to them on that page. So if you guys have any feedback or any uh, whys or wherefores that you want added to the show, just let us know. Give us a holler, and we'll do our best to, to get it in there. That's all for us this evening. You guys, thank you very much for listening to the show. Uh, please, by all means, keep it up. Spread the word. Oh, spread the word. Yeah. If you do um, download us off of iTunes, probably most everybody does nowadays. iTunes is like the god of podcast directories now. Um, please take a second or two and, and leave us some feedback. Feedback alters the uh, the listing of the podcast, makes it easier for people to find. Uh, the Mighty Thor, if you just search that actually in iTunes or, or do the Mighty Thor podcast, you'll find it. But a lot of people just do a generic search for podcast or a listing of like comic book podcasts or stuff like that. The more reviews we have, whether they're good or bad reviews, the uh, the more feedback. The easier it is, the the higher in the in the however they rank things that they show up, so people would be able to find it uh, faster, maybe a little bit easier. So, if you do feel so inclined, please by all means do that for us and help us out. Um, I guess that's all we have, and uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side next time. Bye. Bye.